With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's Bashomania! Let me tell you something, brother. He gave us everything he had in him tonight. What you gonna do when Bashomania runs wild? Oh, it's gonna be a good one. And business just picked up here on the podcast. Oh, yeah. We are back. Bashamania 200. The 200th episode of Bashamania, which has, we're going to dive into content and brand later in the episode. But this is episode 200. Got my guy back on the podcast, Bo Bartlett. How are you, Bo? I'm chilling. 200. That's pretty cool. I like that. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm very grateful to have had the podcast for so long and consistency is a big thing with content creation. We're going to dive into it in a little bit. I was thinking about doing some kind of big special for 200. I'm like, you know what? It's just another episode. And I think for me, one of the things that I was thinking about the most with this episode is the importance of content and branding consistency. So I thought you were the perfect guest to come on. Before we do get started, this podcast is brought to you by Attack. Video game stats meets real life training. Find out what your attack rating is. Put in the work, get closer to your goals. You can go on the attack social attack.app, ATAC.app, download the app. You can compete with all sorts of freak athletes and see where you stack up with strength, endurance, mentality, agility, flexibility. Awesome, awesome stuff. Download the attack app. It's in the Apple App Store, Google Play Store. But I don't even know where to start with you because as we we're just kind of talking about, so what we really should have done is the day of final X, we were at a coffee shop for like two and a half hours. We should have just put the mics on and just put it out. (laughs) There's some good stuff there. It might've been easier to just like edit out a few things, but keep the whole, you know, we can leave in the good stuff. Like Max Dean, not getting his breakfast until he left an hour and a half after the fact I had forgotten. I ordered a breakfast sandwich until it came. And that was one of the most amazing breakfast sandwiches I've had in a long time. Like egg, bacon, um, avocado, which I never get on a breakfast hey, sandwich. Yeah, Newark is for hustlers. Um, all right, let's start with Bo Nickel this weekend, real quick. Bo Nickel, I'm not a huge MMA guy, I talk about that all the time, but I pay the stupid $80 to watch him fight, and it's over in 40 seconds. And I'm both happy and sad because it's like I go to bed right after his fight. I, I don't, I don't know. I'm not a big MMA guy, but seeing his fight and, and grant this guy got thrown into the mix at the last minute props for him taking the fight, but Bo going out there and showing people that he's not just a good wrestler. He isn't just going to submission you. He's going to knock you out. Like Bo knows. <laughs> B-O, <laughs> yeah. Bo knows. Yeah. Did you watch the fight? 
I was asleep, but I watched the replay. It was really easy to find that 38-second replay after. Um, <laughs> really easy. <laughs> but I think it's it's pretty cool because you watch guys in a wrestling match. I mean, the craziest thing that can really happen is you hold a guy in the back for three seconds. And that's, I mean, that's cool. Like, for the wrestling match, it's cool. But for someone watching it outside of wrestling, it's not. It's you're like, okay, he held, you know, the stigma. It's like, oh, you're taking a guy down. You're pinning him on his back. Like, there's not much to it. Right. But, knock a guy out with your fist like there's no question i don't care who you're doing like and he's he's also fighting like a professionally trained fighter a guy who is trying to do this and yep. if you can just knock a guy out like that with your hands that's crazy that and he also it. he's also fighting a guy who for all intents and purposes has nothing to lose like yeah. you're going out there as a monster underdog and this guy's a, like a meatball like he is jacked he looks <laughs> yeah. like he could throw some power behind his hands and throw a couple punches and you never know what happens. So the fact that Bo goes out there and shows people like, yeah, listen, I'm going to come at you from every angle. His next fight's going to be super interesting. I don't think we see it for a while now, but his next fight's going to be interesting because it's like the hype is going to continue to grow. And now that he has a knockout along with the first round submissions, it's crazy. I've also seen, uh, I don't know much about like betting lines and stuff like that. I've never done any of that, but I hear people talking online. I see it. They're like, man, I might as well bet like $10 on whoever Bo Nickel is fighting every time because of these odds. I know. It's it's Anything, crazy. Like, I'm, I, don't, I want Bo to win, right? It's just I see what other people are saying. I understand from a Well, like that's a why I told a couple people this week the, the line that I really liked that was like a really – for somebody who wanted to play it safe was over under one and a half rounds. Because no matter what, that fight was going to be over in the first round. Bo, more than likely, was going to knock him out or submission him or do something in the first round. If that guy did anything crazy, it's only going to be in the first round. Mm -hmm. He's not going to catch him with a right hook in the second second round. You're not lasting that long with Bo Nickel. You're just not. <laughs> so, yeah, awesome fight. I can't wait. He's the man. Um, all right, let's... I, I want to talk content and brand a bit, but I... You know, we haven't really had a show with you on since the season. So I want to talk about, even though the college season, July is like last season feels so long ago and next season feels so far away. <laughs> so it's kind of like the college wrestling um, abyss. But you did have a fun season. And I'm sure the Penn State fans want to, want to hear you talk about it a little bit. So let's talk. I guess we'll start with the fact that this season you dropped down to 141. How did that feel overall? I think as a most onlookers would say you looked great. You looked kind of back to you. You know, being up at 49 seemed like it was a placeholder. And now you're like back in your own. Yeah, I think. I mean, I was just always a 41 pounder, right? I was always yep. a 41 pounder. I told the anyone questions that um, when I was wrestling 49, I honestly, I might have been a 33 pounder. The first year. No, like actually, I might <laughs> get a three pounder. I remember I would weigh a couple more pounds than Roman two years ago. Wow. It was like 10 pounds bigger. Like it was crazy. I was weighing like 144, 145, <laughs> wrestling 149 the first year. That's just crazy. That's make wild. Any sense. But hey, it was a free year. I wanted to, I wanted to get in there and wrestle. So uh no downside to that really. Uh, lowered some expectations for people. Like, I got a lot of uh, short-term haters. Did nothing for the uh, betting lines. <laughs> yeah, I was actually 
similar on this. So I was just, I was just on vacation. We'll probably get back to this. And I was just walking my dog and this guy outside, he's like, Hey, are you a wrestler? I was like, uh, yeah, like uh, in college. I was like, yeah. He said, where Penn state varsity. Yeah. And he was just like, he was like, he kind of had something. He's like, what's your name? I was like, uh, Bartlett. He's like, ah, oh, you're the one that didn't place. And I was no. like, <laughs> Oh my god! I was like, that was like last. I got third this year. He's like, bro, really? I got on DVR. Like, he's the old guy, like old. He's he's probably he probably attended NCAA's like 1932. Yeah, he's a big <laughs> fan. He was like, oh, oh, I'll have to rewatch it. I was like, thanks for the support. And we talked a little bit, but that was that's how I'm known as to some people. So um, this season was a lot better than that, right? I felt a lot better. I confidence comes back skills are showing back to my natural way everything's clicking and i think um being at my natural way allowed me to feel more confident because i didn't feel like i was an underdog so i feel good now and i'm excited you only had three losses this year you lost to aliris who went on to win it you lost mm -hmm. to brock hardy and you lost um close one to real woods yeah what was your favorite win Okay, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Right now, I have two options to go with. This. Because it's never what, like, the fans always go, like, big moment. They go with either, like, a Bryce Jordan win or, you know, let's say your third place match in NCAAs. Like, there's a lot of obvious ones, but it seems like there's a, also a lot of favorite matches that are often different sometimes in those moments. So my two routes, I can go with this. One, I can do what I would typically say. Like the politically correct, the every win is a good match. No, oh, we're not politically correct that's here. What would, that's what I would normally do. I would normally do that. But recently, you know, with brand and content, trying to be genuine, trying to be authentic. Yep. So like full honestly, full honesty, my favorite wins were the, the last few days of NCAAs. Those two right there, hands down, because I wrestled the South Dakota guy the day before I beat like 3-1. 3-2. Yep. 3-2. Yeah, like it was close. Not yep. major the next day so that's clearly that's mental you don't yep. learn new skills online that for me that was that showed me that I was like no i'm 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 that guy and if i want to be if i want to be that guy i'm that guy yeah that's my dog uh <laughs> I, <laughs> and then the second one would be i wrestled a high school teammate for third and fourth and um I, yeah wow i didn't know he was your high school teammate yeah, high school teammate and so that was pretty cool for me um I think I, I actually knew that, but forgot it. And so I remember, I remember looking back at, I looked back at the recording and I remember I was telling jokes. I was sitting down in the chair. I was just having a, I was having a good time. I was thinking this is the last match of the year. Let's just let it rip. It really is that it's now, now or never. Why not? I'm having fun. And I remember him on the other side, they're like, they're like slapping him. They're like, they were all pacing back and forth and staring at each other. And I would do something and then they would copy me. If I clap their hands, they clap their hands. If you smack my back, they smack his back. Like I was like, I watched the record. I'm like, dude, they're copying me over and over again. So um, just knowing that I felt like they were playing catch up. And I, with the confidence I had from the last match, I was like, this is fun. To him, it's a fight. To me, it's a game. And I just, I felt free. So those two matches right there, really, I felt McNeil, happy. McNeil, shout yeah. out McNeil, looked really good. He's wrestling the ranking series today. Um <laughs> He got into the semis and then he ran into Tumir Ochir, I think is how you pronounce his name, got tacked. 
But before that, he was looking great. Now Nick Lee needs to avenge that loss in the finals, which are in like 45 minutes. Well, 57, then a bronze, bronze, whatever. So we got some time. Um, but yeah, he looked great. He beat um, Tar Heel teammate Clark. Oh, that's actually interesting. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. He, that's they, cool. Those guys are like the senior world team reps, the G- Germany and Canada. That's really cool. Yeah. And uh, McNeil won 5 3. So that, that was, it was a good match. It was a fun match. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, though, that like, you know, those the last day of NCAAs, it's always interesting because there's a lot of fan talk when matches happen on the backside. Like, does it have the same weight? You know, I remember when Nick beat Jan in the Olympic trials, there was a lot of talk right after that of like, oh, but it's the backside. And but it's always interesting because a lot of the matches that first of all, you're both on the backside. It's not like one of you isn't, you know what I mean? It's like, but it was on the backside. I think is an irrelevant argument. Right. Like you both are on the backside and you both wanted to win. Um, Mm. So what do you think now is, I don't know if you've even started planning for next year yet, but it seems like you're right there contending for a title. You know, you're obviously probably going to be ranked third going into the season. There's only a couple of guys above you. What do you think you have to do next year to be wrestling Saturday at 8 p.m. instead of 2 p.m.? Big difference from 2 to 8. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a big difference, right? Um, so I've known this. I know I have to be exciting. I have to be an exciting wrestler. And I think I was trying to think of a goal that helps me, helps, helps me reach all my goals. Like what vehicle can I use to really get there? And talking to some people, looking at matches I wrestled well that I won, where, where I wrestled well and I lost. There's not too many matches. Obviously, people probably say this, but there's not too many matches that I wrestle well and lose. Like, I there's I lost three matches. I think I wrestled well in maybe half of one of those. And obviously, people say this, but you can just tell, tell by the number of attacks I shot, how many times I established a tie, how many times I backed out, how long it took to get up. You can see, like, if you're wrestling well, um, obviously there's going to be matches where both guys are wrestling really well and you just have to wrestle a little bit better, capitalize on the stake. But yeah. I know I have to, I have to be exciting. Um, I'm hitting acrobatics. Yeah, I'm hitting tumbling out here. I'm doing crazier things. But on the mat, you're hitting a forward roll out of a shot, back roll, a cartwheel. You're doing these things, um, putting wrestlers in positions where I am more athletic than that, forcing those positions to happen. You know, uh, Austin Gomez, he was digging double underhooks and throwing guys and all that because that's his position. He's really yeah. good at that. Yanni's he's getting people in clinches where he's spread out and he can scramble. Sass is doing a similar thing. Um, people are finding out what position Spencer Lee gets on top and he just starts turning people. People yeah. are figuring out what their strongest position is and they're getting to it consistently so that they can maximize their scoring potential. I figured out it's not one position for me, but it's anything that's an athletic position. You know, you're on one foot, you're upside down, you're rolling, you're doing weird things that people just can't do. If we're there and we do it enough times, I will score more points than them. I'm confident in that. So if I do that every match, you score more points, you win. And it seems and like you're not really game pl- What's that? And you score more points. The fans love it too. If you're doing crazy things. 100%. So. And, and that's what, you know, we'll talk about the brand side in a minute. But, like, it sounds like you're game planning too for yourself. There's always, it's funny watching, there's different levels and different, you know, there's a time and a place, like, when Chance lost to Burroughs last year at Final X, he trained for a year for Jordan Burroughs. In college, it's a little bit different because you wrestled 30 matches this year. 
26, 27 guys. Like you didn't wrestle too many of them more than once. Does that help you where you, you know, game planning for 30 different guys, it's hard to say, okay, I got to wrestle 30 guys next year, but Andrew Aliris might be in the finals or real woods might be in the finals. So, you know what I mean? Does that change at all? Personally, I think there's some exciting matchups that are more exciting than others. Like, obviously, I want to wrestle really well, and I want to get matches back that I haven't won, right? Just to see where I've grown and, you know, really get to get to my offense. And I'm excited. I get real passionate about that. Um, obviously, in life, you're not promised any do-overs. And things can happen, and still, they're not even guaranteed, right? But, you know, we're both – we're all college wrestlers. We're all on the team. We're all in D1. We're, we have schedules out. The odds are – pushing us all together to where we will have a meeting. And that's, that's really cool. But ultimately that's kind of just a gauge. It's a day-to-day thing. I just want to be exciting. Every match, big, big moves, consistently small moves, whatever, literally just scoring, scoring, scoring. I don't want to win a one zero match. Yeah. I, I know how to do that. Nobody wants you to win a one zero match. Nobody. No one, <laughs> yeah. But you ask most college wrestlers, like, seriously, like they, they have the wins win mentality. And yeah, win is tech. Yeah. Win is a win. But a win is a win. They're not wrong, but nobody wants you. No one wants you to do it. I want to be excited. People talk about growth yeah. the sport. Riding time. This is a whole different. You're riding time. You win a match one zero, two zero. People watching don't understand what's going on. You stall a guy out and he gets called for stalling three, four times. Lose the match. No one wants to see that. Ultimate ride out. No one wants to see that. Old head yeah. wrestling want to see that and I understand that's what you grew up with but it's not exciting you can do it better so I think pushing the sport forward I'll do my part I'll be exciting I'll do everything I can I'll push it on social media I'll be wrestling I'll, and eventually I'll be branched outside of wrestling but wrestling is it's bigger than just me it's bigger than just winning and losing it's it's my art it's my craft so I'm gonna go full force into it speaking of excitement three-point takedowns what was your reaction to that I love that that's cool I think initially, you the people that are better on neutral, they think, oh, I love it. And people that are maybe more mat wrestlers don't like it. Um, but it, it could be exciting. I think this would be really exciting. The one issue, I think, you know, every time a rule changes, it starts out either like good or bad. And then no matter yeah. what, you start to see some flaws. Whether it's inherently good or bad, there is always flaws. I've already thought of one situation in particular. The guy's winning. Um, let's see how many guys have to be. If a guy's on top and he's winning by two points and there's short time left and the bottom guy's trying to get away, and let's say there's like 20 seconds left, I'm wondering if there's going to be incident. They will happen. I'm wondering who will be the first obvious incident where someone is on top winning by like two points and they hold the wrestler on top of them as they're getting away to force a reversal. Or let's say they're up by three points. They force a reversal, so they have to give up two points. And now the wrestler has to cut them again instead of just getting away and getting a takedown, which would be four points in total. Yeah. So it's pushing forward more action wrestling. It's it's literally stalling. This is a very – I was thinking about this all, like for a while. You <laughs> know what I mean? If someone holds the person down and forces them to get a reversal yeah. and get instead of just get away because they yeah. wouldn't get as many if they're short time. So I'm we'll curious see. what the adaption is going to be in real time when you're in a match and you're so used to, let's say, a two-point takedown and you're keeping score in your head or you get confused looking over the scoreboard because you forget. You don't got to forget for very long. You Let's say you get two takedowns and two escapes. And you know what I mean? Whether you're winning or losing, 
and you just forget for half a second. I'm wondering if that comes into play where somebody's like forgetting about the rule changes. It's going to take a little getting used to. Mm-hmm. I also think it's people are going to get people are going to start stalling earlier as soon as they get a lead because before you know two one you're still kind of wrestling you but if you're up three one maybe those they're stalling one takedown I think this is going to widen the gap on scoring averages for like individuals mm-hmm. um, the guys that kind of score here and there I think they'll score less takedowns because they know they can get a, get away with less because they're getting three take three points instead of two and the guys that are really scoring it's going to blow it out the water. So maybe like mismatches where they're not similar skill level, you're going to get text a lot quicker, right? Well, but I think, yeah. Well, and that's, that's, that was another point I was going to say is that because sports fans, we, we talk about stuff that means absolutely nothing, has absolutely no bearing in anything, but we'll talk about it at nauseum. One of those future discussion points is going to be next year, do you see the Hodge race look different because the percentage of major point victories is up? Because if you're if you're a top 10 guy, you're like you just said, you're a guy who's scoring a lot. Now it's going to increase your margin of victory. So now do the do the Hodge guys see a boost, let's say a 10% boost in bonus victories? I see what you're talking about. Definitely. It, I mean, the numbers, if they're wrestling just as well, they've wrestled in the years past, like those top guys, and now they get more points for it. I, it's like you see like a freestyle, freestyle scoring. Yeah. Match scores have gone up over time. I don't know. You can talk about style and all those things, but most simply, it's like we have a push out now. Yeah. Whereas before they way back then, put takedowns are two. We need a push out in college. Yeah, don't get me started. The feedback is four instead of three. Like, if you add more points, more points should be scored. Should. But folks, I think people will stall earlier on. Guys that don't want to get that extra point, keep scoring. It's also going to be from one thing I love about the three-point takedown is dual meets. If somebody's pushing for a major, depending on what the score is, it's going to potentially get easier to get that margin of victory. Mm -hmm. Because now if you need a takedown, to get a major, you know, you can get three points like that. You get two takedowns, you get six points instead of four. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting to see who, like, maybe was on the edge of getting. Maybe they weren't going to get major or they weren't going to get a major. Now they are. There's so many little implications that I think are going to be fun during the season to watch and see where it, where it takes shape. Mm-hmm. Um, Have you set? Are you 100% taking your extra year, by the way? This is going to be your junior year, right? Yeah, I have two more. You have yeah, two I'm, more. Yeah, because your 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 first year was the first year was the year everybody when you graduate the COVID years are over, I believe. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Doing the so, math right. Well, unless you take an Olympic red yeah. shirt. I also have a so I have a red shirt and an Olympic red shirt. Guys, breaking news: Bo Barlett has four years of eligibility remaining. So basically, so we'll really all right. So hypothetically, yeah. or maybe not. <laughs> we're gonna Olympic- we're gonna edit this and cut out the hypothetically. <laughs> all right, guys. So this is the plan. Ready? <laughs> Olympic red shirt this year. Yep. Red shirt next year. Yep. Come back and wrestle in 2025. Yeah. And then wrestle again. Yeah. There we go. Yep. So 2020. There so we go. you are wrestling in 2026, graduating 2027 NCAA's. <laughs> 
Yep. With my undergrad degree. Yeah, man, <laughs> so. I'm pumped for that. <laughs> um, yeah, I do. You, you don't have to give anything away. But do you know who's going to take an Olympic red shirt? Like I've talked to a couple of guys who aren't 100 percent sure. Is that the vibe you're getting? Is that people aren't seems like some of them aren't. I'm getting asked questions. Is Brooks? Is Carter? Are these guys taking Olympic red shirts? It seems like to me, and you don't got to spoil any news, but it seems like to me, people aren't 100% certain yet who's doing what. Full honest, this is exactly, okay. I'm being 100% honest. I like you. You're my guy. Thank you. I appreciate that. This, this is what I know. You've asked me this. The coaches have asked me this. Other guys on the team have asked me this. No one knows anything. Yeah. Like, actually. We're like, so is this guy, uh, is he redshirting or not? I'm like, I don't know. I'll ask him. I look at him like, uh, we'll see. So like, By the way, I just, I'm just i going to write down the uh, podcast title, Bo Bartlett, on which PSU guys are taking Olympic redshirts. So this guy, <laughs> no. So, yeah, I don't think a lot of people really know yet. Like, there's a lot of discussion around what the Penn State lineup's going to be this year between the transfers between potential Olympic red shirts. Like there's a lot of conversation and my point to people is like, listen, a lot of it's speculation right now. I don't even think the wrestlers know hundred percent what they're going to do yet. Yeah. There's a lot of things at play. Cause I mean, I think outside of it, people just think, Oh, are you, are you wrestling folk style? Are you wrestling freestyle? Yeah. Are you, are you doing one or the other? But there's so many things. I mean, if you're an Olympic red shirt, you can't take any credits for school. If you're a redshirt, you still have to take credits for school. Um, so you can't really travel as much. In Olympic retro, you can travel, but you can't be in certain practices. You can't get certain funding unless you're an RTC member. Um, you can also you can still wrestle freestyle during the folk style year if you want. Um, just find a way to make that work. But you can't miss too much class. So it's there's a lot more things at play versus just like, I'm redshirting. I'm not redshirting. Right. This also is going to be an interesting year. Willie and I talked about it when we did a show a couple of weeks ago after Final X because, like, the 2024 buildup, there's going to be a lot of turnover. There's going to be a lot of retirement. Even look within the LWC, Dake and Taylor both probably done. You know, like, you start. Hey, to I don't know. I, hey, Dake is getting younger every day. <laughs> yeah, Dake, Dake the anomaly. Um, hey, if he's getting younger, he should be wrestling more. That's what I'm saying. Hot take. Right. Uh, got to rest more than twice a year if you're getting younger. Yeah, like, I mean, I understand, like, wanting to win. This is not towards him, but, like, I understand. I understand peaking. I yeah. understand peaking. And, see, I understand, like, even college season, we peak, but we're still wrestling, like, 30 matches a year, which is down from when they were doing 50 to 60. But it's exciting to go and wrestle, go to these international tournaments. Like, when I'm a full-time freestyle athlete, I will be competing – as often as I can internationally, because I, one, I like traveling one, you need that international feel and you need to be able to make weight and wrestle. So if you're doing that twice a year, maybe that's now these guys are all world champions. I'm not most of them are Olympic well, champs. I'm not, but exactly. Wrestling is fun. I want to put on a show. So I there's want to also travel. like, as, as I have these conversations, because like I get the text, like, Hey, why didn't David Taylor go to Pan Am's? Why isn't he going to the ranking series? And, and you kind of like take both sides of the argument. It's like on one hand, we as fans want to see people compete who are the best. But the sport doesn't really incentivize the stars to compete more. It doesn't incentivize the veterans, David Taylor, Kyle Dake, Jordan Burroughs. You know, it doesn't well, incentivize a little bit. 
you know about the the UWW rankings? You do get money for like first, second, third, and it's not off of the world championship. No, it's I off of yeah. So they do incentivize it, but the numbers aren't. It's on it's on that fence where it's like if you're David Taylor and you're confident that you can beat Yazdani in the quarters, which could happen. As of right now, they're seated in the ranking system fourth and fifth, which I love. I'm all for UWW doing everything they can to incentivize these guys to say, hey, if you want to wrestle in the quarters, go do whatever you want. If you want to actually be seated, come compete. I love that. And I think you got to give credit to Kyle Snyder. That dude will compete in a backyard if there's a referee in a tournament title. I so like I, I, I love that. Like, And I love seeing the guys compete more and more and you also don't know especially as guys get up in age you don't mm. know if they're nursing injury if they're trying to take it light so yeah, I, I get it but <laughs> last last college question because i want to talk freestyle a little bit last college question as a penn state fan and for those who don't know me i told the story to summarize it cal became a client of mine just before he went to Penn State when he was still at Iowa State. When he moved to Penn State, I never went to college. I became a Penn State fan because Cal made me feel like an alumni when I went in the room. So I became a Penn State fan. Lucky for me, I became a Penn State fan at the best time in history because they became one of the most dominant sports franchises in college. But I will admit that when it's not even a competition, it's not as fun to follow the team side of, let's say, NCAAs. When it's like maybe 2018 Penn State, Ohio State, like some of those races, when you have, sorry, Kyle Moore, I, I love him, but I got to bring it up. When you have guys like Moore losing to Kyle Connell and it affects the team race and you're squeezing, that's very fun as a fan. I'm imagining for the athlete, it doesn't matter as much. Whether it's a close team race that's more fun or it's a blowout as an athlete, I got to imagine you don't really care. Do you personally have a preference though? Like, is it more fun if it's competitive or if it's just a blowout? Like, what would you prefer if you could set the stage for next year? Well, it is, it is competitive. Not if it's a blowout though. Like if it's (laughs) like, like last year, they're literally Uh doing shows and there's literally betting lines on who's going to take second. (laughs) It's like, Penn State I, I, assumed I, to win, and they're I, not doing like who's going to win second. Well, here's the thing. Like honestly, okay, I don't, I don't think the individual NCAA tournament is a. It's not the most exciting gauge of finding the team champions, right? It, yeah. We know that it's an individual tournament, and you get team scores and all that stuff. Uh, when I'm at NCAA, I don't think I just think about just me. I'm just thinking. I can't even think about the other guys. I want them to win, but like. The way we're shuttled in and out, and you don't really see any, you don't even see the whole team most of the time. You're in for weigh-ins and you're out coming at different times because the sessions are so far apart. Yeah. It's really just me and normally like me and Shane. Me and Shane, we're just going to the same places. We warm up, I wrestle, he wrestles, we leave, and we just follow that. But I I like duels. I really like duels. Like going to wrestle, going to wrestle Iowa, that's fun. Wrestle Ohio State, that's fun. Wrestling all these these big teams. Like there's um, I like wrestling duels. Sometimes it just feels like a match, like almost just like a match is cool. Like it's still wrestling. It's still an opportunity to wrestle. But what I really love is the big fan base because we have a big, big support system. Iowa has a giant support system. Most of the big tens have a big support system. 
Um, like Cornell, not a Big Ten, big support system. So there are these schools that have a lot of backing and going into their going into their little gym and, and wrestling and yep. putting it on or being bringing them into ours. It's I love that. I think I like away. I don't know if I like away matches or home matches more. Um, I like going to away matches and kind of stealing fans. And I mean, if you're wrestling, if you're wrestling hard and after you're taking, you're taking photographs with all these kids, you're smiling, you're being respectful. They're not going to dislike you. So I think I like, I love stealing people's fans. That's what I really love. So <laughs> going to go to away matches. I remember there was this one match, uh, without giving too much, uh, they, uh, we beat one team, um, they went, they immediately went out to the locker. One kid was trying to get an autograph and this one wrestler from their team just smacked his hand away. He's like, no, and walked away. And they, they were their fans. Like they were their shirts and everything. And I'm just standing around. I'm like, I'm like, Hey, and he, he like got nervous. And his mom was like, can you take a picture? And I, we start taking pictures with all their, their fans. And they, they loved us. And it was, it was an away match. It was like, so that's what I like. Yeah. Um, Stealing fans are probably a simple way to put it, but like that's literally what it is. But building a good connection. I mean, they spend money to get out there, to travel, to attend that, and their passion. They're, they're screaming for at least someone out there wrestling. I love that. I love that passion. I have the same passion. So if they're there, I'm gonna I'm, I'll connect with them. So I like that. I like betting on college football, and if I bet on college football, I like betting on the home team because it's more fun. When you're yeah. betting on the away team. And there's a huge and there's a huge touchdown and the stadium's silent, it's boring. When yeah. you're rooting for the home team, that's exciting in football. Mm-hmm. In wrestling, I I like both equally. I think it's great because sometimes, like if Penn State's a huge favorite and you're going into Iowa, let's say, Iowa fans get super excited about like the potential of a takedown, or if a guy does something good. I like that. Like, I like the underdog being the home team because they get excited for the potential of things. You know, like he's wrestling good. Whereas, like, if you're at home and you're expected to win, yeah. I feel like the fans aren't as rowdy. Uh huh. Yeah, I've noticed another thing. Like, even we're at home and we're, I don't know, I guess expected expected to win or whatever. Uh, <laughs> like, the they're still guy- excited, but there's that level of like anticipation when the underdog is doing something great that fans love and defensively. Like they normally just like, it's just like a power. We just know how they wrestle. Like every time someone comes and wrestles at Penn state, um, they come out, they hit us in the head really hard. Right. Yeah. The they hit us in the head really hard and they just back up, they back up, back up, back up. And they try to get to a takedown and they just stop. They stop completely. Yeah. And it's, it's been frustrating for so long. Cause like they, they hit you real hard. It's like, oh, all right, we're about to wrestle. Then they start going backwards. It's like, wait, what? They just wanted to, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Again, wrestling, wrestling. I love wrestling. I want to home away. I don't. Speaking I don't of know. home away, do you know the Penn State home and away opponents yet? Penn State's the only Big Ten school, I think, that hasn't like put out a graphic. I think I saw your graphic, and that's where I heard. Well, I put out a graphic for Iowa's. Well, I I think did you put a graph for like someone? I don't know if it was your graphic or some someone compiled a list of graphics, but they said they knew our home and away matches since every other Big Ten release. I, like, oh. I was gonna do that today, actually. I, so I figure step one, let me just ask if you know because that would save me the time of compiling them. I saw um, the graphic. That's the first place. <laughs> <laughs> 
Shout out the wrestling graphic creators. We are just crushing it. We're helping um, the wrestlers know where we're. <laughs> so you don't you don't know yet, aside from pulling up a graphic. No. Okay. I'll I'll pull it up today. I mean, obviously, I I put out a graphic because Iowa. I'm on the Iowa media list, which is great because I get like their their uh, PR people just email me everything right away. So it was nice. So I saw that Penn State was on their home list. So obviously Iowa at or Penn State at Iowa this year. Um, we'll have to get a graphic going for that. Um, okay, let's talk freestyle a little bit. Right after the college season, you went out to the U.S. Open. How was that experience? Because you had a 10-10 match with mm-hmm. Nicholas Boone Lee. <laughs> I thought you won. Most thought you won because your hand was raised. <laughs> so most thought yeah. that you won. And then Flo is putting Nick Lee won 10-10 on criteria. And so now I'm like, okay, I don't know if I should text either one of you. Because if I text the loser, that's like, that's like. No, don't worry. Some people did do that. So, <laughs> so I'm like, man, if I text Bo, hey, you won, right? Or if I text Nick, hey, you won, right? So I don't think it was until Nick's. I, I think they were interviewing him or something. And I saw that. Uh-huh. I saw something like that. I'm like, okay. Yeah, my so interview never got posted won. because I did a whole interview too. No, you did? Yeah, it, it was just deleted. No. <laughs> Can we find that? <laughs> it was like 15 minutes after. So, like, seriously, it was like right off the map photos. It was like the poses for like the graphic interview. Yep. Two minutes later, oh. I was like, no. Oh. Can we, can flow, flow wrestling? I know probably like at least my guy, John Kozak, is listening to this. Can you post that press conference video with like, what Bo would say if he won. <laughs> what happened right after that match? Like, how did you find out that you actually didn't win the match? Uh, so I was sitting, I was just sitting down. I like 15 minutes later, but no, no. So immediately after the match, do all that stuff, go back up. Uh, Nick and I like talk real quick, like a minute or two. We checked our weights. Uh, I'll send on my phone. Phone's blowing up, going crazy. My phone, like, Top three moments, my phone's like, it was probably like a medal at Junior Worlds. That was like blowing up. That was like the biggest it's blown up. All-American, the second, maybe third. And then that match was the, either the third or second. Like it was going crazy. And then I looked up Flow Wrestling and I have the text update. So it, was, it said, uh, Nick Lee, VSO, VFO, whatever, win 10-10. And I was like, huh, oh, I guess they clicked the wrong one. Whatever. I'm going around, going around. And then all of a sudden, Coach Kennedy comes up. He's like, hey, he gives me the rundown. He's like, uh, they had the scoring wrong. He gave a caution. Table worker gave it to the wrong point. So instead of giving up a push out, you gave up a push out and a caution in one, which instead of making it like 10-9, it was 10-10 and his criteria, but they put on the wrong side. And like, so that was like, okay. And so was, was that like a... Was that like a quick roller coaster? Like 15 minutes yeah. of thinking you're going to final X. And then well, you're like, well, it would have been the finals. That was semi. So it was, finals, I was thinking yeah. finals. But I was like, it was mainly, I wasn't even thinking of the senior thing. Well, I mean, obviously I wanted to go there and compete well, but I was excited because I was like, dang, all right, now we're one step closer to locking the U23 spot. Cause yeah. I was like, you go to the finals, you win that, you're, you're the U23 member automatically. 
And then, but I, I forgot there was like a true third. So I was really just thinking. So yeah. even if you go to the bottom, there's still another one. But there's no one else that was U23. So I think it would have automatically, I was thinking the U23 the whole time. And then I was like, oh, dang. So you know U23 spot. I'd have to go to another tournament. I don't care about U23 that much. I want to do seniors now. I'm here. Now, then I was like, as soon as I figured that out, I was like, no, I'm a senior athlete now. I'm not a U23 guy. I'm a senior athlete now. And then I was like, ah, okay. Time to cut some weight. Get ready to wrestle tomorrow. Sorry, was, Brooks. Yeah. <laughs> no, so, that's pretty cool. Though. That's the thing. I keep going back and forth saying, man, going and competing internationally again. That's, that's really awesome. So I go back and forth, but the, the amount of training, I wouldn't want to like kind of wishy-washy do it. Yeah. If I'm in it, I'm going to be training every every day, taking some breaks, training, training. I've been able to go to Disney World, Arizona, road with beach, travel, have a good uh, non-intensive wrestling summer, which is nice. I think that balance is needed because this upcoming calendar year, this will really, this wrestling season, this folk style freestyle into Olympic trials, this is going to be, this is going to be exciting. This will be high paced. So this uh, break right now is necessary. I'm super excited for it because in my capacity of like covering the sport and especially like this podcast, I'd say is kind of Penn State centric because I have so many friends and clients at Penn State. And it's like I was telling my wife, I'm like, I don't mind a quiet summer because this next year is going to be crazy, even more so than a normal year going to Olympic year because it's at State College, because of all the Penn State implications where it's like even 65. I mean, you and Nick, arguably the most competitive match at the U.S. Open at 65. I mean, he went out there and kind of broke McKenna. I think he was trailing and then opened it up. Like, you, you yeah, and... I that. We talked about this. They're like, we don't get tired wrestling anyone unless we're wrestling other, like, Nittany Lion, Penn State yeah. guys. So <laughs> it's like, you figure even, like, Penn State alone, you guys are going to have, like, you, Zane, Nick, all at 65. Like, it's going to be a fun year. It's going to be a very busy year. But speaking of you, Nick, Zane, like, what is that dynamic like in the room? Like, you're what I don't think some people realize is that, like, especially, like, I know Zane's, Zane's a good friend, too. But, like, I spend a lot of time talking to you, a lot of time talking to Nick. You guys are very happy people, and you're very much, like, rooting for each other. Like, it's mm -hmm. not this bitterness where one of you wins. And then it's like, screw you, man. Like there's there's a genuine happiness for each other, but there's also a competitiveness. You right. guys, whether it's dodgeball, wrestling, whatever, there's a there's a competitiveness to you. What is that dynamic like heading to the Olympic year, especially where you have everybody kind of starting to go into these other weights? I mean, I think it's really respectful. It's cool. Zane is still. He's like that. He's that cool older guy, a lot of technique. He trains really hard. Uh, I love watching all his matches. He's uh, pretty inspiring. Family man, you know. Got it. I think, I don't know if his wife is pregnant or if he has a kid. Which one, one Zane? Those. Yeah. Zane has a baby about six months ago now. Yeah. See, I'm not. <laughs> See, that's uh, the next guy. The mini line guys hang out. There's like those next older guys in the club. Yeah. So I don't, yeah, I don't know. They all have kids. Most of them have kids. All those, the mini line guys, like all have kids, except for Nick, I think essentially more or less yeah nick doesn't have a kid yet snyder did quietly have a kid like snyder doesn't really do social media like rudis is a lot of his social media but snyder had a baby oh i didn't know that yeah i was talking to Nolf one day and he was talking about even on the podcast he said it we were talking about how snyder uses his new baby as an excuse not to play Nolf and ping pong and i'm like wait snyder had a baby <laughs> like, yeah, yeah so i don't i don't know 
but that's really cool. All those guys, see, that's the thing. It's like a, it's a lot of family people. So that's really inspiring. Um, even Nick, he's like an entrepreneur. So he has his clothing line. That's really cool. I like that stuff. Yeah. Um, for law school, I like, they're all, it's a group of ambitious, grounded people. And I think that's why we'll get along well. Yeah, I love it. And you guys got to have that like iron sharp and iron mentality, I'd imagine, over this next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tricky. I don't think it's like intense. It's really, it really feels laid back. I don't, yeah. I don't know. It feels laid back all the time. Um, going and training. It's maybe it's because the coaches, the environment, they've gotten so used to having multiple guys. Um, at the same weight, like I mean, shoot, you have Nolf and Dake, you had Aaron and David, you have all these guys. Carter joining one of those two groups. <laughs> Carter, yeah, it's just another. It's just another day. Uh, I think if you're too focused on the other guy, you're not going to be able to get better yourself. So I see. I'm not focused on. I'm really not focused on beating anyone. Like that's just my personal mindset. I'm fully not focused on beating anyone. I am enjoying this. I'm having a lot of fun and people throw that around a lot, but I can break down what it means to have fun. People, I don't, people all have different forms of fun, but I think if you want to know what it means to have fun at Penn state, have fun when you're resting, have fun doing what you do. It's if I woke up every day doing this for the rest of my life, I'd be happy. This is, this is what I want to do. I put in hours to get here and there's hours that are going to come after, but this is just what I want to do. And if, I were to go wrestle anyone in a like a dark room, no referee, I'd still do it. If I were to wrestle and if I had, I don't know if I personally had to pay to wrestle each wrestling match, I would do it. Like I just, this is really fun for me. I I love it. So being competitive, that's what I also have. So it's not just lackadaisical going and all right, let's see what happens. No, I want to win. I want to win, but I don't, I'm not focused on beating other people. I'm focused on being excited, doing the, doing all kinds of, nice, crazy moves, techniques, being athletic, because I believe that is my route to success. No one can yeah. beat me and be more athletic on a wrestling mat. Maybe Roman, maybe Roman. But other than that, I'll do that. You know, a Roman bow catchweight match would be fun. Yeah. That'd be a super fun match. Speaking of growing and being athletic, let's talk about content a little bit. Because I haven't ran the numbers but I got to assume you have the fastest growing Instagram account in wrestling. I'm not sure anybody has grown more in a smaller period of time than you have, because it felt like yesterday I was congratulating you the minute you hit a hundred thousand and you're like, you got to chill until I hit like 101. Cause if a couple of people unfollow, yeah. <laughs> you put out like, and you put out a yeah. hundred too soon. Like, and now yeah, now you're at 150. Almost, so you, almost. Yeah, well, 146. You're you're cruising. So what do you think? And for those not paying attention, like you got to go follow Bo. He's crushing it. What do you think you've learned the most in this process of growing your Instagram to a large following? Uh, okay, so you know when people say fake it till you make it? Yep. Don't do that. Do not do that. Like in the sense, and what I mean by that is don't, I, there's, don't try to do extra things. Like you're filming a vlog or the day in your life, whatever you're filming, don't be someone else and try to copy someone and do things that you don't normally do to show people and try to get clicks, follows, likes, 
re rethreads. Nobody does retweets anymore. That's lame. Rethreads. <laughs> Threads <laughs> the topic coming soon. Yeah. I think for me, just doing what I do and finding your niche. My niche is I'm I'm athletic and I'm the I'm the smiley guy. I'm I smile and I'm athletic. So figuring out how many different things I can do with that. Um being genuine, being a smiley guy. I'm not going to go punch someone in the face, but maybe I'll, I don't know. Shoot. That's, I don't know how that relates to anything, but I'm not going to go punch someone in the face. So yeah. finding your niche, doing it, doing it consistently, doing it well, and making an effort to set up the camera, film it, edit it, post it. I've experimented with getting videographers, getting photographers, getting an editor. Now I'm doing it all myself. Um, I just like, iPhone quality content, videography, like real stuff, just mixing it, find out what works for you. And flips, flips. I've been doing flips for like my whole life. And you know, I'm on vacation. I do a little flip at the beach, wrestling room flip. Uh, I'm in opposing wrestling rooms, do a little flip, wherever, whatever I really want, finding out what I do. And just now the tricky thing is I will say in wrestling, I think I'm known as like that, that flippy guy, but I almost sometimes I don't even like posting some of the flips because I want to do like crazier things. People like people are still amazed by backflips somehow. I go to these wrestling camps because I like, do a backflip, do a front flip. I can just rip those easily, right? So for me, I, I like to see them happy, but I don't want to post a video of me doing a backflip because now that I've gotten deep into this, I've learned about tricking and parkour and people that really do this. Like this is what they do. The man, the way I wrestle, that's what they do. And they're doing like triple backflips, round off, double backflip, gainers, all kinds of crazy, absurd things that I'm not even close to. So it's kind of cool. As long as I stay in the wrestling niche, it's really cool. As soon as I get out of there, people are like, oh, that trick is terrible. That's well, my favorite that you've done recently, a couple of weeks ago, you did the one that you said. I don't know how much of this is just clickbait, but. You said you accidentally did something cool. Yeah. You I did that side up. flip, and I'm like, what the heck was that? It looks like some Jean-Claude Van Damme move. Yeah. Like actual trickers were commenting on this. Like I thought, I fully thought I was trying to do uh so I was trying to do what's called a touchdown rise, which is essentially you you do a back handspring, but yep. you twist into it. You go forward, twist, and hit a back back handspring towards you. And I used the wrong hand and I twisted a little extra. And all of a sudden, apparently, I got a bunch of comments saying, oh, that's a sailor moon. That's a sailor moon. It's a sailor moon. Obviously, it's a sailor moon. Yeah, we learned like everyone that was tricky knew that. So it's kind of cool. Things I'm just messing around with. These guys are really, they're about it. They know what they're doing. And so they kept sounds like, oh, yeah, sailor moon. Yeah, sure. So that's cool. What do you, what's one thing you kind of alluded to it with quality of content? in the um you know trying professional versus doing it yourself what's one thing though that you think that hasn't worked well that you've abandoned because a lot of people i feel like they don't one thing will fail and where i've given you a lot of credit is i think your consistency you know people ask me about a podcast all the time and i'm like listen do it but commit to 20 episodes even if the first four suck commit to 20 30 episodes whatever it is because consistency is so important and a lot of times what what stops people from consistency apart from just effort is trying something that doesn't work and you have to abandon that sometimes and then go back and try something else or try something original what's one thing that maybe hasn't worked that you've abandoned along the way that I fully abandoned or abandoned I'm like okay um 
So the professional videographer, so it was amazing. Danny, or his name's Danny. He uh, films most of David Taylor's stuff. Yep. He's amazing. Like this dude, his videos are cracked. I don't know if you know what cracked. Like there, it's top of the line. Like it's yeah fire. And we filmed one and I looked at the video. I was like, this is it. This is going viral. This is, this is, this is the best one I've ever made. I was doing some flips. I was doing some wrestling. He had, he was panning the camera around, doing all kinds of transitions, slow-mo, sped. Like it was crazy. And all of a sudden we posted it and it got, I think like a 1% engagement rate or something like that. And I was like, what? I was so confused. So I I don't, I think I'm going to have to revisit it eventually, but the trade-off on getting a videographer, because that one was, that one would be uh, like free because we collaborated on my yeah. post. I want to do more, right? Then you start charging, you start paying for a videographer. And I was like, man, X amount of dollars to do a video that might not even work. And you want to keep the high engagement rate, high followers, high likes, so that brands see that number and they'll pay you a certain amount of money for that. And this is just skewing it down. So it's money in the drain, but it's a nice video. I like it, but right. what can I do it? So maybe next time I do that, just focused on some more storytelling so that that video can stand alone by itself. And it's not so much about trying to play with my numbers and make sure I can meet these metrics, but more so just like, this is a nice video. This is what's happening. Um, I think I could utilize him or a nice videographer. I have some, a, a lot of great group of friends that can, that video stuff and maybe utilize that for a dual meet. Let me like maybe a day, a home match wake up what's what am i doing stuff like that where it's a little bit more behind the scenes still the high quality but giving more content more sustenance like within it and i think that will work so we'll see this year i have a good number a good number of uh consultations conversations everyone to call them with a lot of like younger wrestlers i got one coming up soon with a new nittany lion we got told me to talk a little bit but a lot of wrestlers want advice on building their brand and, you know, I think we're far enough into it where they've seen people have success and they've seen people fail and they know that there's strategy involved. There's, you know, you mentioned being authentic. You mentioned being genuine. Those are all things I agree with. What is your advice to young wrestlers coming up? And a lot of them maybe see your platform and think, I want that too. What's your advice to them? I think at a make sure. So I think that there's dangers of social media, right? I think know what you want to get out of it. Um, don't post you, I don't know, driving a car with your phone out the window, vlog. Like don't do things that are like dangerous or silly, dumb things that one, it's probably not safe. Two, your parents were like, what's going on here? Or college coaches will not like stuff like certain things. Be careful of that. But if you're posting things that are making you smile, post things that showcase what you're doing, that's that's been very important. Let's say you're working out at, you know, like Bo Bassett, dude's killing it. I wish I was posting on social media he's, back then. He's doing he is, so good. He's like the blueprint. And he is, he doesn't just, he's not just posting, he has brand deals too. So he's like, he is so far ahead of this. And it, that's impressive. And I, yep. I know him. He's a, he's a cool, he's a cool guy, cool kid. And um, he can't stop my grilled cheese, though. So I hope he hears that. But he's a really, <laughs> yeah. but awesome. Uh, he's really good. 
And I think just posting the stuff that you're okay with being on the internet forever, because everything you post mm-hmm. is somewhere. It's, it doesn't matter. People, like, people can screenshot, screen record, post things that you're okay, post things that you want to be on the internet forever. And maybe you're just, you're just documenting stuff because you want to look back on it. It's like a digital photo album. Maybe it's just that, or maybe you want to find a way to utilize NIL or down the line, you want to find a way to do that. Start setting the foundations, posting your content, finding your niche. Maybe you're a guy that runs. Maybe I've heard so many, maybe you're uh, my cousin. He just got fifth at nationals for yo-yoing. He's an amazing yo-yo. If you look at the yo-yo community, he's giant. Like he's like, a, he's a, he is a celebrity in the yo-yo community. He's been in some music videos. It's so finding your niche. If you're a wrestler and you yo-yo, start posting those yo-yo videos. If you're I don't know. Let's say you're a two-sport athlete. Post what you're doing, huh? Maybe you're a wrestler and a swimmer. Go wrestle in a swimming pool. Yeah. Then go on a wrestling mat and start doing some like breaststroke. Like do something funny or whatever it is. If you're a serious guy, motivate some other people. Little vlog, like a slow document. Uh, maybe you're lifting at six a.m. Drop that saturation. Drop that exposure. Throw some words on the screen. Talk about what you're thinking about. What lift you did. It's easy. You just got to actually do it. You really. It's not hard to do one video. And if you do one, you might, you'll get the hang of it and start doing two, then three. Just set up, set up the camera, do what you want. Look at the camera, look away from the camera, just film it. Film I'd it. also add too, I think one thing that people like about yours is that you're not sitting there and PRing yourself. Mm-hmm. A lot of athletes, a lot of individuals, entrepreneurs, whoever, they PR themselves. And I think there's a time and a place for showcasing your credibility, your credibility, showcasing who you are, but be authentic and genuine. And like you said, if you love yo-yos, post yo-yo content. If you love food, post food content. Like the more inside people, like people don't want to just see you walking into a wrestling room every day. People (laughs) don't just want to see you with like a cheesy motivational quote. There's a time and a place for- How good the camera is- what filter you use does like it'll work once. It will work once. Yep. But they're not going to come back and follow you to watch you walk in the wrestling room every day. Yeah, like you can you can incorporate that into your overall strategy, but too many people are trying to PR themselves way too hard. And it's like number one, you're you're just not that important that you need to do this. And even <laughs> if you look at like if you look at the best That's guys. The you're just not that important. No, like you're I, I tell that to any athlete that I, I talk to. No, I don't care what their audience is. Like yeah. you're not that important yeah. that you have to PR yourself. And you can go and look at some of the biggest American athletes out there. Go look mm-hmm. at Tom Brady's. He's posting a quick video. He's posting, you know, a lot of people like to protect their feeds, I hear. I got to protect my feed. I don't know if I can post that. Go look at Tom Brady. 14 million followers. We'll post a random picture of his mom for Mother's Day. We'll post a product shop. You know, he's definitely working in the PR stuff. He's got a professional cameraman, like, posting shots of him walking to a plane. But then it's also, like, a quick behind-the-scenes video. It's also, you know, like, real substance. So I think just the consistency and showcasing who you are and trying stuff out. Like you and I had to be two of the first people to join threads. Yeah. We were on there all night. 
And I, I'm I already with like 15 million, their number, because it's on your Instagram now. Yeah. I see people like 15 million, 20, I think they're at 100 million or something. It's something crazy yeah. now. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm in the two millions, which is still big, but relative. I think I'm in the. I'm in the two millions too, because we we got in like around the same time. I'm already over threads, by the way. I'm I, over I, it. I, I, kind of, I was posting, I was posting every thought that came to mind the first few days. Like, ha, ha, ha. correct. And I, I'm gonna get back into it because I like it. Because well, I don't like Twitter because my age isn't on Twitter really. Like, yeah, I would always tell people. So, I, I'm on everything really. I'm on yep. Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm on it all. I tell people I have a Facebook. Why do you have Facebook? Now, granted, my Facebook gets 10 likes and one of them, like seven of them are my family. But it's really, <laughs> I'd like to see my dad's Facebook post, really. Uh, that's probably the main thing. I, my dad has a really good, cool Facebook. He uh, He's like almost an influencer. No, seriously, you should. I don't know if you have my dad on Facebook. He is a Facebook influencer. What, what's his name? Andre. A N D R E. He is a Facebook influencer. It's pretty cool. Uh, him, my mom, they're always driving him, around. Him driving, that's the profile probably, picture? He changes it every day. No, he is. Like, <laughs> All right, I'm going to add him. He's pretty cool. Um, so I'm on Facebook. People are like, why are you on Facebook? I'm like, I, I wanted to play Farmtown back in the day. So I had to make a Facebook to get on Farmtown. And so that's how I got that. And then I'm on Twitter and people are like, uh, I'm always a few years behind. So I was on, well, I guess I'm always, I'm going back generations, right? I was on Facebook. When you had to be probably like 30 plus. What about Vine? I had Vine. I had it. I had all these things. I'm on Twitter, but Threads has like that nice like 24 and under group added onto it. Yeah. I have on it now. So I like Threads because I can talk and my jokes aren't, I can just say things and people aren't going to respond. Shouldn't you be in the wrestling room? Or So I like Big Cat. You know who Big Cat is? Barstool guy? Yeah. So he put it a good way. He said they, they, they rolled it out at the right time because it was the 4th of July week, no sports, nothing going on. So everybody hopped on. Unfortunately, so many brands hopped on that, like, I open it up. And it's weird because, like, I'm a Twitter guy. That's probably my biggest platform. And it's all of a sudden weird that all these Instagram people who do, maybe they don't even know the wrestling side of me. Like, my Instagram is a lot of, like, me and my son, like that's what a lot of it is. Like my wife will take a great picture of us and I'll post it. Like that's a lot of my Instagram. So a lot of these people don't even know the wrestling side of me. We're mm -hmm. on Twitter. I'm like 98% wrestling. And now it's like the merger of the worlds, but I open up threads and I'm not seeing like you, my friends, I'm seeing slim Jim asking if you like me, I'm seeing all these companies. Like that was my last thread. I think as I <laughs> quote tweeted slim Jim and I'm like, what are we doing here with everybody? Like, I get it the first couple of days we were all doing it. Now it's like, okay. And like, even the suggested content, like, I'm a Republican Christian male and I'm seeing liberal content. I'm seeing, um, like, cover girl, like, makeup content. It's like, you know it couldn't be, <laughs> it couldn't be farther from the spectrum of like, suggesting content that would feed into my wheelhouse. And I'm like, this has got to stop. Like, cause I, I'd open the app up and I'm seeing the antithesis of content that I want to see. So I like I the concept. Following tab, following tab is coming. I saw that they're saying that I think yeah. that should be the first thing they rolled out though. Following tab. 
or even a chronological order tab. It's just right now it's that weird. I don't like this. I don't like suggested feeds. I don't like that at all. For drives me. If you're going to do a suggested feed, make it like Instagram. They know suggestions really well because you don't even have to like a piece of content. If you view it, if you view it, like mm -hmm. I'll read a caption on like I like some wine accounts on Instagram and I'll be reading a caption. And next thing you know, in my for you page or my explore page, whatever you want to call it, it's endless photos of wine. And I'm like, I didn't even like that post. Mm -hmm. I just looked at it oh. and they know oh. they know based on the length of time you're looking at it, that it yeah. engaged you. So mm -hmm. we have to move closer in that direction. One question for you. I watched a great uh, interview with Josh Allen. He was on Bustin' with the Boys. I love Josh Allen. I don't know that I have a man crush on him, but I love the guy. He, he's he's awesome. And in the offseason, he's super focused on golf. He's basically a professional golfer in the offseason. And he said that the last two years that he, in the offseason, he came into training camp without lifting at all in the offseason, and he tested super high. And he's convinced that being distracted, disconnecting from football actually helps him. For you, I'm curious, your your focus on building a brand and creating content and doing things that are not just wrestling centric. How has that been for you? You you clearly the first half of this episode at a minimum was your passion for wrestling on display. It's not hard to find. Yeah. But this is a nice disconnect. Like you and I were working on t-shirts and mm -hmm. like which sold out in like a day. <laughs> <laughs> you see now the process of how much time is involved in that. Like, yeah, shipping those out individually. Oh, man. Yeah. So, how are you balancing that side of it with, you know, especially as you head into the season in a couple of months, not getting distracted by brand, which I feel like coaches now are, are getting more used to it. Initially, it's like, don't do that. You're going to be too distracted. Now, it's now there's more of a realization that you have to balance it. Exactly. So I was actually thinking about this a couple of days ago. And for me, I, for a long time, I was wrestling to, to get fame, to get famous, to get followers and get likes. And I thought like get rich or something like that. I don't, it didn't even make Heck sense. Yeah. yeah. And then I realized I, I wasn't wrestling to get rich from a young age, but I was like wrestling. I wanted to, yeah. I, I, I wanted to have big trophies. I wanted to have cool photos to pose. I wanted to be cool. And then I realized reality hit and I was like, dang, like these dudes are having, these guys are national champions with 7,000 followers. I'm like, it doesn't just happen. You don't just get followers. If you wait to get all of your social media clout from winning a wrestling tournament, it's never going to amount to much because wrestling is already a small niche sport. And then on top of it, when you win, there's going to be a bunch of other champs at different weights. And then there's people like, it's just too small. If you're trying to get famous from wrestling, it's not going to work. You want to get money not get a couple hundred dollars if you want to live a good life it's not crazy if you want to live a decent living it's not just going to come from wrestling it's not the money's not there the sport's not there it's unfortunate but you need to do you need to figure something else maybe if you're a wrestler and you're the greatest wrestler of all time and then you go on to coach in pennsylvania or something like that like wrestling can be everything and it can work and you can live it. that's awesome like i that would be ideal personally but yeah. 
I found that through getting through social media, if I'm posting more, I just get more followers. I get more likes. And I, it's my creative output. I get to post things. Brands, companies reach out, go back and forth. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. It works. Bam, you get some money. You get to post more, doing things I already love to do. Now I'm making money for it. And then by doing that, now the pressure of wrestling to make people happy is gone. The pressure to, of wrestling to be famous is gone. The pressure of wrestling to make money is gone because there's other outlets to, if you want to get famous, you can get famous. If you want followers, you can get followers. If you want to make money, you can make money in other ways. And that's taken off my demands from wrestling. So now I am wrestling as my my hobby. That might be an understatement, but I'm trying to, and like the, that might be the wrong word. That's the wrong word, but well, I said it's it. It's a passion of yours though. Yeah, but it's, it's, not, it's not my job. It's not my job. Yeah. It's my passion. It's my biggest passion, like activity wise, not other than outside like family, relationships, girlfriend, all like activity wise. It's dog. My yeah, dog. Pippi, wherever you said. <laughs> the other thing cat. too that's, you know, I've always tried to stress to athletes, especially wrestlers, winning winning in relation to growing a brand is it should be the gas in the fire yeah your fire can't just be winning because number one what happens is if somebody starts to follow you because you won that's kind of like an introduction now you like have Google to give them correct now you have to if somebody follows you because you win a tournament show them more the biggest mistake people make is they get a bump in a growth because they won a tournament and they don't do anything. Well, these people are following you because they want to see more. So if you're only posting once, whatever, once a month, once, a, you know, whatever, it doesn't do anything. People aren't following you just to check a box. They're following you because they want more content. And when you win, you should always see a bump in relevance, but that's when they should like scroll through. And also there's people that, Let's say you win something and somebody wants to follow you. What's happening, I think, more now, too, is they're coming and looking at your page and be like, oh, yeah, I definitely got to follow this person. Or yeah. it's like, oh, all they do is advertise to me. I don't I don't need to follow them. Like they're mm-hmm. looking at your feed before they follow you. So the more content you have, they're like, oh, this is definitely a cool follow. Give them more incentive. Now, maybe you get 20,000 new followers instead of 10,000. Yeah. Like the consistency part of it, so many people miss out on. There's a huge difference. I won't name names, but there's a huge difference when two people win the same tournament and take very different paths yeah. or have very different outcomes. How you react to the last one will sometimes matter versus like this isn't shade at him, but Nick Soriano, he's had like 110, 120,000 followers for five years. Yeah. He's going backwards with his content. He has now recently deleted every post on his Instagram. Mm-hmm. So it's like here you went from a, tens of thousands of followers to yeah. almost 150,000. Mm-hmm. So if you don't want to be on social, don't be on social. You don't have to be. There's no wrong or right thing to do. But if you want to be on social media, you might as well do it right. Right. You might as well be on it. And you don't have to force anything. Like, I think you do a good job of like keeping it fun. And I think if you were miserable doing what you're doing, I don't think you'd do it. So I think loving it is definitely because they're like, 
Levi Haynes, for example, doesn't post too often. I know he's on the app because he like he's engaging with me and I see him on it, but he's not creating a lot of content. Whereas like Levi comes out, has an amazing season last year. People want to see more. People want to see what his off season's like. People want to see him fishing and doing cool stuff. Yeah. I actually got to have Levi. I got to message him. I got people want me to have him on. And I said, Oh, sorry. But Shane, go ahead. He, Shane Van Ness rock climbs like every day. Crazy things. Like, I think he just, I don't know what it's called. Like, no, sometimes it's with a rope, sometimes it's just not. And, they, I'm not saying a mountain. He's not climbing a mountain, but like there's this place where he lives and it's this wall and it's like, it's bricks and it's like slanted a little bit. So each brick is just a little bit further back, a little bit. He has his climbing shoes. He has his chalk on and he put on Snapchat. You'll see him like climbing up like sideways, upside down, hanging from his feet. And I'm like, dude, this is crazy. Like, Isn't it like, funny how people only post? Do this? Isn't it funny how somebody like that will post that on Snapchat or TikTok or whatever, but not instagram it's funny like, that like that's this, it blow, like i love it i screen recorded it because just because i wanted to watch it again well and that's another thing i tell people is like don't focus too much on one account like try to have like people are asking about threads i'm like listen open an account no. if you grow followers let it grow you never want to have all your eggs in one basket it's good to have at least an established account even if you're not creating content everywhere the same amount but creating content on different platforms helps you because you don't know where people are searching. And like you mentioned with Twitter, the age demographics varies so much from platform to platform. And I'm sure you can see the content vary or not the content, the, um, the engagement in the interactions mm-hmm. vary so much. I'm excited. So what, what's next for you now? It's the dead of summer. You're doing a lot of flips. You're going on vacation. You're going to a lot of camps. What what's next for Bo Bartlett? Uh, I got practice at one thirty, over okay. at two. So Nindy line practice. Uh, we just got some new mats, so we got to stay off the mats for a bit. After that, uh, right now I think it's that little relaxed period. Uh, I'm not doing much right now. I'm doing camps, doing practice. Just got back from vacation. We've been traveling a good bit. I don't think we got much now. Uh, might figure out a place to go at the beginning of August, whether it's a camp or if that's a vacation. Are you looking uh, for a, are you looking for a camp to host you? Do you want to use this platform to plug? Uh, I'll, I'll plug too. But the main thing is we had one guy reach out and down in Miami, uh, but I have a really good friend up in New York City who I might just go see. Uh, we'll see what I do during that August bit. Still trying to figure it out. A lot of different options. So right now, but. Do you and, want to do some pool flips? I mean, if you're going to New York City, come up north to, you know, Rochester. We can do some cool pool content. I got 10 acres of land. Maybe do some flips I've out of the it. trees. I saw most of the process. I saw, like, digging the pool. I saw putting the some color. I think you put some color in at one point, maybe. In the pond. The pond in the has pond. Like, the oh, that was the pond out the pool. I remember I saw it all. I was like, this is like uh, those home improvement shows. I was like, this is, this is like, that was cool. That I know. Con- some some people like there's a lot of people who loved when i was sharing the process more and then when i did it they're like yo can i get an update like what's going on behind the pool what's going i'm like well if you ask me then i think about it i'm like because if there's a lot of people on like instagram that and i'm guilty of it too you'll watch something for 100 days in a row 
And when you don't see it on the 101st, you're like, where is this? Well, did you say anything? Did you say you love this podcast? Did, did you, you say you love, like, did you comment? You did no. Engage. I disengaged. That was- right. <laughs> That's that. So sh- tip for all the listeners. If you're watching this and you like it, let us know. If you're enjoying Bo's content, let him know. Engage with what you want to see, and it should be fun. You do got to you do got to come up here soon, though. Whatever the hole in your schedule is, because there's a lot of. I don't. I have some ideas that I don't want to spoil on here because uh, it's got to be a surprise. But I actually think the fall's going to be busy. I think Bo's coming up here to hunt. Um, I think Roman's going to come up here soon. So it's gonna it's gonna be fun. I've got some content ideas that I'm not gonna spoil. You have to tune into the show. Um, so yeah, so you're chilling, and then come like a couple months from now, September-ish, you're yeah. you're in it for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I've gotten a lot better at wrestling this past few months. It's without competing, I think my so that's why I like this break. I've gotten so much more confident in myself from NCAAs in the open. Yeah. And I've been wrestling a lot. I've been wrestling a lot, but not intense. Like, I haven't done any live in a while, other than like live with kids at camps, which then I'm just trying techniques. But I've been watching a lot of wrestling, thinking about a lot of wrestling. And I've improved in a lot of different positions just because I haven't had the stress of trying to fight someone or try to win something i've been able to just dive into wrestling at a technical aspect try to get better at it and i'm having it's like a game like i was saying earlier i'm, I'm getting better at the game and when it's time to fight um coming up um i'll bring fight with my new elevated uh game so i'm excited for that i'm pumped i i'm pumped to see i like that you're you're ranked let's say third ish going into the season I it's almost more fun to root for somebody who's like ranked third, fourth, fifth to win than like rooting for. I love Aaron Brooks. I'm rooting for him to win a fourth, but like yeah. rooting for the number one guy, every single match you're supposed to win. It's fun to sometimes root for the underdog. It's like, I know that's why I say people were putting money on the guy. Bo was fighting $10 just, just in case like still, I know. So, all right, I'm excited. Any final words before I let you go here? Final words, final words. What are my final words? Nah, just have fun. Have a good day. Thanks for having me again. You're a cool guy. Of course, man. I I love having you on here. I know sometimes people get annoyed because they think that this is just like 60 minutes. They don't want me to talk. They're they're here for you. And I'm like, but dude, it's bash a mania. Yeah. If you want to hear me talk, go look at uh, my Instagram. This is a collaboration. This is a... This is, I used to, when I started this podcast, I used to like label a lot of the episodes, like a conversation with so-and-so a conversation with it's fun having a dialogue and having these conversations, like our conversation for a couple hours in Newark was I'm like, Oh, we should do that. Like on air, at least half of it. There's a lot of good stuff that we, that like, we can't say, like, I'm, I'll leave out the whole, like, form screen name like there's a lot of stuff that we can't really dive into if they don't like this they are on the forums i'll say that yes yes if (laughs) they know about you think we don't know we all know relax all right people on the forums like i love what dave portnoy did dave portnoy um had his dave portnoy show where he did a lot of like behind barstool stuff 
and they were so sick of the Reddit haters because like Barstool has a massive Reddit threat. So they finally, let's just get somebody on here. So they got one of the Reddit, like people who's always complaining. And he was the guy who came on was like, he was true to himself and his complaints, but it was such a different tone. Mm -hmm. It was so like, they basically said that Dave Portnoy sold out. It's like, well, yeah, he did sell his company for hundreds of million dollars. He literally sold out. (laughs) That's what happens when you grow a company. But yeah, come on, form people. Be, be nice. Life's too short. You see Bo smiling? Try it sometime. Just <laughs> smile. It's like Willie loves the forms. Willie loves the mud of the forms. He'll yeah. tell me that he's arguing with people for hours. I'm like, Willie. He's like, listen, uh-huh. I'm sitting at the bar. I'm having a beer and I'm arguing with internet people. I love this life. <laughs> like, whatever makes you happy, man. If you're going to be on the forums, I think they should have at least one no more aliases. Government name, government name by every post, profile picture too. So I did see Elon Musk made a good point that the reason he wants to keep people anonymous anonymous on Twitter is there is a group of cancel culture losers who, if they disagree with you and they have your real name, They will call your school. They will call your employer. They will call your family. They will look up your address. So there is a rational, but there's a difference. Yeah. I. You can't get canceled if you don't say anything. Problem. I mean, sometimes there, there, there is some gray area, right? But totally, I understand. I I understand that. Uh, But I think there's a difference of people who go online and they don't kind of. Like I've watched some wrestling people slowly go away from the real name because they just want to be able to have their opinions and not get canceled or have it inter- like have it impact their real lives. There's other people who hide because they're cowards. There are two very different yeah. directions. Okay. Like there's some people who do it to hide because they're a coward. There's other people who do it. It's like, listen, I just want to have a good time on here. And if I say that I disagree with you, I don't want you calling my employer. There are two very different directions people take when not having the real name. Yeah, I posted, I made a tweet the other day and it was something about last time on the sat for a while or you'll know where to find me. And somebody <laughs> said like, hopefully in the wrestling room training. I saw time. that. <laughs> I, I saw, like, I saw right. that. The threads joke was just right over the head. I, I was like, you just, oh, okay. I saw it. Well, there, there's, you do forget who you're dealing with sometimes yeah, with the internet. Off Twitter because they don't get my jokes. Like you, you forget who you're dealing with. And it's like, I always tell them that you got to, you got to understand. It's like going on Twitter is like walking into a random bar in a random city where you know nothing about nobody. Do you think every conversation you're going to have is going to be the most intelligent? Like, there's a lot of great people on Twitter. There's also a lot of losers on Twitter. It's just the nature of the internet. The internet is a beast. Yeah. All right, Bo. That's all I got. If you guys enjoyed this, subscribe. Give it a thumbs up. Do whatever you do for content that you enjoy. Yeah, give it a double thumbs up. All right. Also, be sure to follow Bo. He's linked up in the description of this podcast, I'm sure. Bo, we'll do this again soon, man. And the beat goes on.